1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could
2: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Ken McCusick joins us in studio, Film Study Baltimore. Ken, good morning to you. How's it going, Rob? Doing well, man, doing well. Ken, let's get off to the game. The Ravens win 37-31 in overtime on a 76-yard punt return. Um... Lots of drama in that football game, lots of excitement as well. But one of the things that I noticed from Sunday that I was happy about, what drives me crazy is the amount of times the Ravens throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, especially the Zay Flowers. Lamar Jackson had 43 attempts, and only four were behind the line of scrimmage. I love that number.
4: Yeah, it's, it's great to see. And, and what that's a function of is the other team's not getting good pressure. Okay. And when the other team's not getting pressure, the pressure is not on to put the ball out quickly to either side and, and, and throw a lot of short passes. That was a good indication of that. And uh, Lamar had a 20 of 45, 44%, which is a season high of ample time and space, three-second pockets that he can step into. Um, and that was, uh, that was very good for him. And he averaged, oh, I have that in here somewhere, 9.5. No, that's not right.
5: Anyway, he did really well on those. <laughs> uh, 10.6 yards per play on those. Okay. yeah, Great. <laughs> what did you think of the offensive line play? Because it seemed like he had a good day, but he seemed to have a lot of time.
4: Yeah, he did have a lot of time. And, and the offensive line play was not um, through the roof great, that's for sure. There were some pressures given up. Linderbaum had the problem with a snap, of course. Stanley, I, I I saw PFF had him for only one pressure. I'm watching a different football game and I need to call in to reconcile that with them. But I had him for four pressures. A C in the game. Simpson a D. He had a penalty uh, and had uh, several different pressure events allowed. Linderbaum had the had the problem with the snap, which was very costly. Um, and I uh, had a C minus overall. Lamar ran him out of two pressures during the game, so that was uh, something uh, you know I scored him down for. Zeitler a B with two and a half pressures, and Moses a B. Uh, I thought it was interesting that is splitting time with Moses on the right side, and we see Stanley and um, uh, McCary on the left side splitting time. It almost seems like they wanted to do it with Stanley, mm-hmm. and they felt like it'll be less bad if we also do it with with Moses
3: on the right side. Right. Uh, Ken McCusick joins us film study Baltimore. Ken, Miami Dolphins, big help for the Ravens last night. We think 3-1 and one with a win against the Dolphins will definitely get the Ravens that number one seed. Um, two and two could get it, but overall, people go back to the last time the Ravens had a bye, and it's almost like you know they're afraid of the bye. In your opinion, why is the bye a good thing for the Ravens to have going through the postseason?
4: Well, I mean it's a, it's an zero and one situation they're dealing with, so I, I I'd urge them to go with sample size. In two thousand six, they also lost with the bye. Everybody remembers where they were on that game and how miserable it was for them. And and the two thousand eleven though they won with the bye, and they they got it into New England, um, you know, fairly easily. And they almost uh, got to the Super Bowl that year, of course, were it not for Evans and Condiff at the end of that game. So, yeah, it, it sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I look at this week and look at what what Justin Matabike did after coming back from the concussion and five quarterback hits. Imagine if there's another play out, and maybe if he's if it's even Hamilton, and that week of rest is available to you, yeah.
5: and you don't have it. So, yeah, Well it just seemed well, he was. I'd like to talk about him in a bit. Um, they, were coming, they had a bye. Teams coming west to east to play them. Um, Ravens were the better team. The weather was terrible for the most part. Um, yet the game was close. I thought they'd have every advantage. What, how much did the crowd noise help and and all these other factors?
4: So let's start with the crowd noise because you also mentioned the weather there. I want to get to that. I thought the crowd noise, as much fun, as much energy as I've been at in a game. And uh, it's something I really enjoy. But uh, my ears were ringing at the end of that game. And sometimes I think when the stadium is half empty, you might actually get louder because there's more reverberation yeah. off seats. And I, I don't know the physics of it, but I'm guessing. Uh, anyway, uh, that looked great on the delay of game penalty in overtime that made it went from third and four to third and nine. Mm-hmm. That center had no idea what was going on, and he, he got a late tap and uh, uh, couldn't get the ball snapped in time. And that change made all the difference in terms of uh, you know, getting the Ravens off the field and, and basically putting the punt in Wallace's hands to, to to win the ball game. You walked out of that stadium. It was like drinking four cups of coffee right before bedtime. Everybody's high-fiving each other, yeah. strangers out there. It's only one other game I can remember, the 2003 game against Seattle. Everybody walking out of the stadium and just high-fiving each other because just the energy level is too high to not do things like that.
5: I love that game. I really. can imagine because I, mean, I watched them t- at home, and I was yeah. jumping off my couch. My son and I were like high-fiving each other. I think it was the best ending since the Mile High Miracle with Kobe jones
4: that that was a great game. Uh, we we were there. That was a, you know one of the things are you're very cold at the end of that game, and you you had to search for the other Ravens fans to high five. But I guarantee you, everybody <laughs> if you saw any other Ravens fan, you were happy about it. Yeah.
3: Ken McCusick, filmstudybaltimore.com study Baltimore.com. Ken, I want to know what you learned about this Baltimore Raven team after their Week 14 win. We'll talk about that up next. Don't go anywhere, Ken McCusick. Still with us right here on the fan.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
3: Coming up on eight fifteen in the A.M., Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Ed Norris, Rob Long, Jeremy Conn out today. Kim McCusick, Film Study, joining us. Ravens win thirty-one to thirty. And we talk so much about this defense of the Baltimore Ravens. And and I know I don't doubt the defense. I don't think they're fraudulent. I think, you know, they went up against one of the better offensive minds in all of football, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a, a, a former All-Pro wide receiver and an up-and-coming maybe All-Pro wide receiver. I just think it was a perfect storm. What did you learn about these Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, Ken?
4: I'll add one more thing, and I, I think Ed asked a question earlier, too, is is how how big a factor did the weather play? Mm-hmm. That was an unbelievably good field, and unbelievably good conditions for passing the football, and here's why. It's a very slippery field, so mm-hmm. pass rushers have a hard time getting off. That means routes are extended. Receivers get to the top of the route where they can make their move. There weren't too many ball-lock quicks in the game on either side. Right. And then those double moves were, were just devastating in this game in terms of, of getting mm-hmm. people open. So it was, a, it was a really good game for passing the football. And wind, by the way, which was projected to be high, didn't end up being that way. So the ball is a little bit wet. It favors the offense tremendously. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't project from this game that the Ravens will fail against other good quarterbacks. So that's good. I mean, we're. I think this was a, a an aberration. And by the way, there's still a handful of teams, including contenders in the National Football League, who would be perfectly happy giving up 6.6 yards per play, uh, yards per pass play. And that's what the Ravens did. It just happens to be two and a half yards more than they had been given up.
5: One of the people who had trouble with his footing was Marlon Humphrey. Um do you think that was it, or is he just still like kind of recovering from his injury?
4: Um difficult to say. I mean, I don't think he played that poorly in this game. I thought the, the pass interference call was very ticky-tack. Was yeah. yeah. And uh, and I thought the other play, which he's been tagged for a lot on places like Twitter where you can share clips now and, and you know, tattle on your favorite players or your least favorite players. Um, he actually was in, in man coverage on that play. So he's, he's he, The disadvantage of that is you have your back to the quarterback a lot of the time. So he, yeah. he kind of got the hook on that play from the receiver in terms of being on the sideline. I, I think he's played fairly well this year. I'd like to see him find the football a little bit more in the air because he's certainly got opportunities. There is a question of whether or not he should be moving back to the slot now. And I think a lot of people are, are, are really talking about that. Ronald Darby is available mm-hmm. to play the outside. He's been exceptionally good. mallette has been just okay at slot, and I think you know, moving moving uh, Humphrey in there, using his physicality to come downhill and do some of the other things that Hamilton had been doing there uh, might be a reasonable choice.
3: Uh, you got to tell me, hey, uh, Kim McHughes has got to tell me about my boy Matabike, uh, Justin Matabike. He one of the defensive stars for Sunday's performance.
4: Yeah, he uh, he, uh, he was outrageous. I mean, in five quarterback hits, you almost never see that happen. And uh, Matabike's had a ridiculously high conversion on his pressures into putting the quarterback on the ground. And uh, that was really true again in this game. He did have one other pressure that got washed out by penalty, but uh, five-quarterback hits one of those a sack. And uh, he didn't do much against the run, uh, which is something that I'd like to see the Ravens figure out how they get a different three-tech in there on early downs to reduce his snaps. But he's been so damn effective now. A sack now, half a sack in 10 consecutive games. That is the sixth longest streak in NFL history. The record's only 12. Mm-hmm. And so he's uh, Chris Jones is the only other internal interior defensive lineman who's ever been in the 10-plus club. He had 11.
5: I, this isn't a player issue. What do you think about the uh, some of the in-game decisions, like the calling timeout with 12 seconds left instead of saying three, um, the challenge flag when you can't challenge the play? What do you think about those? I, I think there are were, there were
4: two things that I found very weird. I have no idea what Harbs was trying to do with that challenge after the after the touchdown. The only thing I've heard of that's even plausible is that he was trying to get more time for the coordinator to set up a defense that would stop that critical two-point conversion that was coming out. Can he just call timeout? Well, the, 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 the thing that's been offered up to me is, did he think that by offering a challenge, he knew it would eventually be converted to timeout, and while they were trying to sort it out, they'd have an extra minute yeah, trying to figure it out. And sure enough, they you know the officials got together, and they didn't know what was going on, and, mm-hmm. and they they kind of blew it. The other thing that I didn't I didn't really like about how the game was managed, and this is a relatively small thing, is that as they're driving down, they had opportunities to run the football and slow the clock down. And they end up giving Stafford over a minute to drive down yeah. the field and, and you know, tie the game. And sure enough, fortunately, didn't win the game, you know, because that could have happened Um Harbaugh's post game uh, discussion had a lot of re- references to Christmas and Advent and this and that. And, and, and you know what it got me reminded got reminded of is the 2016 game against the Steelers on Christmas night when they actually lost because they like, they left a minute and eighteen on the on the clock to let Roethlisberger drive down the field on them. So uh, anyway, that was that was about the only thing about the game that I really didn't like. Otherwise, it was pretty
3: magical. Tim McCusick joins us. filmstudybaltimore.com. dot Ken, we talked about this. In studio, before you got here, the Ravens right now are the number one seed currently in the AFC. But in your opinion, are they the best team currently in the AFC?
4: Uh, I'd say no doubt about it right now. I think everybody has has uh, uh, shown the kind of their weaknesses. The, the the team that's kind of close is Buffalo. You know, I, I don't think Kansas City, they look extremely mortal right now. And frankly, some of the things that's happening with the Mahomes, I'm kind of waiting for them to implode. I think they could lose another game or two. Uh, still, the rest of the year, i don't think they're safe from the Broncos to win the AFC West at this point, but we'll see. Uh, you know, in terms of Miami, I think they—they they terrible last night in terms of what they did against Tennessee. Uh, you know, they—they had, they had some significant injuries in the in the game too. That we'll see how how serious those are. But the Ravens now are in a place where three and one with a win over Miami does it for sure. But there are a lot of two and two combinations that win it as well.
5: What were you frustrated or surprised? Maybe I should ask um, the Keaton Mitchell. He seems to be very explosive every time he touches the ball. He only had three carries in the first half. Why? Well, we saw some things happen in
4: that game where Keaton Mitchell was exposed as a pass rusher, including... Um, really not coming up at all and attacking guys blitzing through the middle. I think it was fifty three. Um, Ernest Johnson fifty three was in, in
5: the backfield yeah. a lot.
4: Yeah, and and he 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 tried to cut him once and he, and he barely got him out of the way and what is still ended up being a quarterback hit that I charged him for a third of. But on the other one, uh, he allowed the sack. So that's really bad. That's it. That's a tough game of pass blocking for a back. And that's he he's kind of self limiting in terms of his own snaps because of that. You can't mm-hmm. put him on the field on third down necessarily because of that. What I liked is, in terms of the usage that was different, is they used him in the pony backfield a lot. And on the 27-yard run, he actually had Edwards as a lead blocker, which you, when you think about it, it's really unusual mm-hmm. that, that no. there'd be another tailback in there. Yeah,
3: it is. I mean, this too, some of the things that the Ravens have done, I'll be honest with you, uh, uh, Ken, especially on the defensive side, have been innovative. I love what they've done to, to not only the Patrick Queen we talk about so much, but I also love what they've done uh, uh, in terms of our safety Hamilton. Mm-hmm. They, they've really... Put those guys in the best position, unconventionally, to be who they are to produce. I'm not saying they made them. These are tremendous freakish athletes, but it's, it's it's like you know Mike McDonald recognizes, identifying who they are, putting them in the best place to be productive.
4: Yeah, I don't think I don't think when he came to the NFL, anybody really had projected that Hamilton would be a slot corner. But the, Raven, the Ravens no. had a need, and yeah. you know his, he's been a, a body type that's just been remarkable in that position. Looming size does everything right. But yeah, you know, the difference really showed up in this game. When when the Ravens had Hamilton in the game, four point one yards per play allowed. When they didn't have him, seven point seven. So huge yeah. difference in the in the in the with and without there. Hamilton himself had had a good game, I thought. You know, a couple of tackles for loss. He had that DPI, which was unfortunate and costly. Mm-hmm. But uh, but otherwise, I thought he played well. And the Ravens they cannot do without him. So that injury news was was very good. That uh, that it's a
5: shorter term. Yeah. It's funny, funny you mentioned it, never someone's a slot corner. I never, I never saw a lot of things. Do you think he's kind of? I don't know if he's going to change the game, but remember when Cal changed? You know, mm-hmm. shortstops like five ten and then mm-hmm. and then you get this big guy playing shorts. I wonder if Hamilton's has kind of changed the way people think about. It. Defensive backs. The thing about this: they've got that on both sides of the ball. Lamar kind of changed yeah. the way mm-hmm. they've they've done that twice yeah. now on t- two different sides of the yeah. football. But I mean, Hamilton, because when I saw it, see, like a six foot four safety, he's built like a praying mantis. I'm like, it's unusual. You don't see that a lot.
4: I think the thing I would say about Hamilton is there's not a size and shape pool of Kyle Hamilton's out there that's large and athletic and, and yeah. football players. There's some basketball players, I guess, you could get to do some of the things that he did. But it's just he's, he's so freakish as a as an athlete in terms of size and shape that I don't think it's it, it comes along very often. Greatest horizontal defender in the National Football League right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the Ravens have really found
3: the right spot for him. There he is, Kim McCusy. Tell folks in Baltimore, all about film study Baltimore.
4: Uh, please join us out on the website. All kinds of information out there. Articles if you like that. Podcasts if you like that on the defense, the offense. Uh Friday morning GM. Wanna nail that pod while I'm while I'm
3: here. There you go. <laughs> Ken, looking forward to next Tuesday with you, my man. All right. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show right here on the fan. Ed Norris, Rob Long, Jeremy Conn out the day. He will be back tomorrow. Uh, we we'll talk talking some NBA in-season tournament at 9 o'clock, but on the other side
5: is Commissions Baltimore. What's up, Commissioner? We're going to talk a little bit about some bad behavior by, you know, everybody's favorite team. Are they the new spoiled children?
2: Commissions Baltimore up next on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer
5: imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. It's Commissions Baltimore, and Noah's what you got. Well, I think one of the biggest stories about this weekend was the the Chiefs' loss. You know, the Kadarius-Tony... Off sides or legally lined up, whatever you want to call it, uh, but the penalty cost them the, the Travis Kelsey touchdown to him, uh, the lateral to Tony, and you know, and the, the behavior of both Mahomes and Andy Reid after the game. Um, I guess we'll just we'll remind you what the play was first. 20-17 to 17, Buffalo, they send another blitz, selling out, flag on the play, might be up to one. They've got Kelsey at the 30, Kelsey 25, angling back, 20, now he's going to lateral it back at the 15-yard line, it's Tony, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! They mess around in practice with this all the time, it's going to go with a 49-yard touchdown. Kelsey, the old University of Cincinnati quarterback. Oh,
1: Number 19 offense lined up in the neutral zone. Five yard penalty. Check it
5: out. Offsides by the offense lined up in the neutral zone. Who was it on? On Kadarius. Oh my goodness. One of the most exciting plays. A TD is wiped off the board, and a five-yard penalty. Second and fifteen for the Chiefs. Yeah, it's just it's unusual. See, guys criticize um, r- officials. First of all, you're not supposed to. Um, it's just they just don't do it. Um, but the play he was talking about, of course, was a, it's a it was a remarkable play that would have won the game for these guys. And if you haven't, if you didn't see it, you missed something. But it it was pretty incredible where Mahomes throws to Kelsey, he laterals back to Tony, they score, and it it appears that they win the game. But then, of course, that penalty was called. Mm. Um, Do you have the order for the game? The play? Excuse me. I want to blame the officials, but do you realize you threw a touchdown pass,
2: a legit touchdown pass to Nikhil Harry that was not whatsoever? And how frustrating is that?
1: Yeah. uh... I mean it's, yeah, it doesn't doesn't happen very often. So, uh, you know, it happens. So we still had a chance, and wish we could have scored there at the end. So
5: yeah, that's just that was Tom Brady after having a legitimate touchdown um, call back by saying he was out of uh, out of bounds at the three when he was not clearly in the end zone. Clearly a touchdown. Plenty of green around it on replay. They took the touchdown away. Um, and it cost them, but that was Brady's reaction. you know today it happens doesn't happen often, but it happens. He was very measured afterward um, so I just think it's it's just a very different way because they make comparisons to both and this I just think is the first time Mahomes has faced adversity, and this is how he reacted with the helmet throwing and criticizing the officials after the game and talking about how it you know it, it affects basically the J, um, travis kelsey's legacy I'm like. Come on, man. Like, really?
3: I think it's hilarious you use Tom Brady as an example in this. The guy regarded throughout his career as being one of the biggest crybabies around by his peers. By other football players regarded him as being a crybaby. The guy who was involved in, in Deflategate. The guy whose team was involved in in, in in a scandal as well. The guy who had a rule changed because of him. You're right about 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 the situation with this, uh, the Chiefs. I, I, but to use Brady as an example—that's how is bad it is. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> use Tom
5: Brady. Which well, rule- give me Peyton Manning. <laughs> give me Tom Brady. Well, Peyton Manning I couldn't because he, you know, I didn't have audio of him doing it. Which rule are you talking about huh? that he had changed? The hitting below the knees. That was
3: changed before him. No, that was was, was the Tom Brady rule. That's the Tom Brady rule. That's Uh, uh, that's uh -uh. how he got injured. I guarantee you, 100%. I bet you're right. uh -uh. I don't
5: think so. That's the Tom Brady rule. That's the one people think it is because when when Pollard hit him. Uh, That was not a penalty when Pollard hit him. But that's the one you're thinking
3: of. That's the rule that was changed. Uh, That was not a penalty when Pollard
5: Pollard hit him. Hang on a second. I don't believe so. Okay. Hang on. I understand why you said that. Because, hang on, this is what it just says. It's come to be known as the Tom Brady rule based on Bernard Pollard's infamous hit in 2008. The rule was actually put into place after Chemo von Alhoffen hit Carson Pomerleau in a 2005 season. Why was it
3: a penalty when, when, when Pollard did it then?
5: I don't know.
0: Go German. ahead, Joe. It's the same type of hit, it wasn't a penalty until after it happened to Brady. Yeah,
5: it, was, it wasn't It was a penalty
0: then. After the 2008 season.
5: So why are they citing it that it was made illegal after the... F-
0: after the 2008 season. It was the same type of hit that knocked Carson Palmer out.
5: Okay.
3: Yeah,
0: it was that. Yeah, that's the Tom Brady
3: rule. <laughs> I mean, so I I just think it's... I mean, you listen, you're spot on with the Kansas City Chiefs. Shut up. The guy was offsides. Yeah. Shut up. Not even with a T, with a D. Shut up. He, he
5: was very offside.
3: How, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's laughable that, that that they're crying about that. I just think it's hilarious that Tom Brady is your example.
0: So with this Tony thing, though, <laughs> does it change? So people have gone back now and looked at every single snap that he's lined up this season, uh-huh. and it's happening like he's doing it all the time, and, and they're not calling it. Yeah. So that's why people are saying, well, then that's the NFL's problem because they're so inconsistent with yeah. – Well, then,
5: if that's the case, that is unfair because if he does it like you know twenty times a season,
0: he did it five times in the game that he got called for right there. Yeah, he did it multiple times, but this year the NFL is calling that penalty more than they ever have in the last twenty three seasons,
5: which they tend to do. They decide what's important.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh wow! So, so, so what we have here is Tony Mm -hmm. has is is egregious in violating this rule. So, like anything yeah. else, you want them. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Um, I was notorious. There, there's a coaching box in high school basketball. I was notorious for standing outside of the coach's box, talking to the officials. It became a thing to where now, not now, but then probably four or five years ago, before every game, I would be reminded by officials to stand in the box, Rob stand in the box, stand in yeah. the box. Because I was egregious for it. So once I stop talking to the officials outside of the box and just talking about players coaching, nobody cares about the box anymore. You know what I mean? You yeah. you 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 took that away. Now I don't I don't get that warning anymore. I don't I don't stand out of the box and talk to him. Yeah. Tony probably had officials telling other officials, listen, this guy is off sides all the time. We warned him enough. Start flagging him. That's what it sounds like to yeah, me.
5: Me too, because if he does that often.
3: I just think it's hilarious to tell a Brady yeah. judge. <laughs>
5: I just, well, said,
3: Don't, think about it. <laughs> Brady.
5: How much he, people think he's a whiner or and that's how he oh handled it. God. I'm still confused over this uh, low hit rule because it was put into place after the 2005 season. So it's actually should be the Carson Palmer rule. Because mm. it was against the rules in 08 when um, Brady got hit. So I'm just confused
3: how they. That's like me having one conversation with someone about not being self aware. And then you talk to somebody else about not being self-aware. You use my one conversation to say, I mean, listen to Rob. That's what, <laughs> that's what you just did.
5: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you just did. Actually. He took one conversation. You know what rule he did
3: change? What, he Tell you us. Can, you,
5: you can't throw t- two forward passes on the same play. And that's when he's with the Bucks. He threw a pass, he gets batted down back into his hands, and then he completes the pass to Evans. It was against the Rams. And that's against the rules now.
3: I thought it was always
5: against the rules. Apparently not. It's against the rules now. Yeah. Anyway, I just think they act like a bunch of spoiled privileged kids. I agree. Kids. Just a, like Tom Brady. Yeah, it was I think it's a particularly bad yes. Well I think it's a particularly bad look for Mahomes who's cultivated this person uh, persona that he's such a just a all gosh golly kind of guy who puts ketchup on his steak. America loves comeback stories, he'll come back. Uh, yeah. Oh I mean, he didn't go anywhere, but I mean in terms of his character. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's just not a good look for him.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much. Commission's Baltimore. 410 583 1057. That's the like number. His brother.
5: Baltimore. <laughs>
3: There you go. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on The Fan. Go look at the NBA end-season tournament. What you call on this, Ed? Was it a success? We'll talk about that at 9 o'clock. But on the other side, Sierra and Russell Wilson, two wins in less than 24 hours. I'll tell you why. What's trending up next on The Fan? What's trending on the fan, Ed? Sierra and Russell Wilson gave birth to baby number three. Sierra's number four together, baby number Uh three. Amora Princess Wilson has happened shortly after the victory on Sunday. So, uh. Amora Princess? Amora Princess. Amora Princess. princess. Yes. Amora
5: Princess Wilson. Why do people insist on doing that to their kids? Doing what? The princess part. Things like that. (sighs) I don't mind unusual, unique names, but when you you know what if princess What if the kid's name is unusual or
3: unique? <laughs> Who would do that? I don't know, I'm asking. <laughs> What's your name? Unusual. <laughs>
5: What's your name? Unique? Who are you? I'm unique.
6: <laughs> I like
5: that actually. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, I'm unique. How are you now? <laughs> Good.
3: Why'd you do that? I'm unusual. Uh Well, you get, you know, unusual, middle name Lee, last name Long. (laughs) <laughs> oh, as we keep it moving, Shohei Ohtani's historic contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers will see him defer 68 million of his 70 uh, of his annual 70 million salary. Uh, Sources familiar with the deal said Monday, significantly lower, lowering his team's payroll and potential tax burden. He is. It's tough to say that someone
5: who's deferring a total of 680 million dollars is helping his team out, but he is. He really is. And you know, I it's ridiculous as it sounds, I was wondering, how's he gonna get buying two million dollars a year? Because that's a different life. It's not like our lives. I mean, it's they roll with people that are making twenty million dollars. So I was like, that's really gonna be hard for him. Well, million that. The taxes? This past year he made forty million dollars well, in I, That's what I'm saying. That's what I was going. I forgot about that. It's like, oh wait a minute. And Joe <laughs> says he's gonna make about fifty million next year. Yeah. So I mean that's that's how he does it. And and it makes sense because he's playing for his second California team. Yeah. Where if it moves they tax it. So you know, if he retires to a place like Florida or Nevada or job goes back to Japan or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to a tax a place that doesn't have state tax. Think about how much that is. Yeah. If people like us can save like, you know, a decent amount of money where you notice it on a salary that's, you know, a regular salary, could you imagine how much you would save on like forty three million dollars a year? Wow,
3: and and keep in mind, folks. You remember this is how Michael Jordan used to move when he was with the Bulls. He wasn't getting all that money at the beginning. Towards the end, he you know he told you know Jerry, screw you, pay me. But earlier, you remember Jordan was making like two million dollars a year from the Bulls, three million dollars a year from the Bulls, and would make a gazillion dollars for Team Jordan Brand, yeah. Jordan Brand. So he moved like this, too, towards the end. Uh, Until the end, I should say. John Moran takes his stand, says he punched teen in self-defense, testifying for the first time in a lawsuit roughly a week before. He's expected to return for a 25-game suspension. John Moran testifying during the first day of, of the hearing at Shelby County Circuit Court, said he swung first at Joshua Holloway, then 17 to protect himself during an altercation that led to Holloway following a lawsuit. September 2022, that accused Morant of an assault. The altercation which attorneys uh, representing both sides uh, questioned Morant uh, about at great length came during a pickup game at Morant's Memphis area home after Holloway allegedly frustrated by losing several games was accused of throwing a one-handed pass at Morant during the check ball situation. The ball hit Morant on the left side of the face. Morant testified Monday. Now, John Morant, pick up ball with a seventeen year old, and you then use the ball. You used you uh, you hit the kid because he threw a ball at you. Why are you playing this pick up ball against a seventeen year old kid?
5: I don't know. This is weird because this reminds me of the story I had like last week, week before with the teacher that knocked his tooth out of yeah. the gym class. Like, yeah. What are you guys doing? Seriously, what is he doing with playing with you know street, a kid in the street? John Morant was
3: 24. Now, I mean, he was 23 at the time. Uh-huh. You're playing pick-up ball. You're an NBA superstar. You're playing pick-up ball in the street, and it gets to the point where, you know, and, and, and the, kid was, the kid's frustrated from losing, so he throws the ball at you. Chances are, if you're beating him, and he's frustrated like that, you're not just beating him. you humiliated him, probably talking a little trash. Yeah.
5: You, oh, dude. It's almost hard not to. You've been doing it your whole life. How hey, you to not do it because you're playing the kid, you know. I just got a feeling that he is going to be
3: trouble, trouble, trouble. He's serving a 25 game suspension. He's due back this week, right, Joe? I think he's supposed to come back this week or early next week. Um, He's just so talented. It's such a shame. I think the NBA is going to take the shine off of him until he proves that he can go. Next week is when he's scheduled to come back. You know how the NBA, you know how professional leagues are, Ed. They can determine your stardom. Absolutely.
5: Absolutely. You know what the state taxes in California? He's still on that. What is it? I got it. I had to. It's twelve point three percent in his range. That's a lot. Twelve point three percent. I just put it like seventy million dollars times that. That's like eight and a half million dollars a year you're paying state tax. Forget get federal. So I mean, if you they save eight and a half million dollars by just you know filing in Florida or New Hampshire, wherever it's New Hampshire, Nevada, places that have no state tax. That's a ton of money.
3: Mm. Oof. And that's what's trending on the fad. four ten five We were talking about um, Patrick Mahomes a little bit earlier. Marcus in Baltimore wants to weigh in on it. What's up, Marcus? How we doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. So, I think it's funny that Pat Mahomes said that they make that call right then and there when didn't he win the Super Bowl off of them making what I think personally should have been a let them play type of call with Juju Smith-Souche to go to the corner on that touchdown throw. Like, it's, just, it's funny that guys, you know, it's like, oh, poor Pat. The call didn't go your way. And, oh, like, dude, shut up, bro. Like, the dude lined up offside. It is what it is. You lost. You aren't doing as well. I get it. It's tough. But move on, Pat. Just move on. Yeah.
5: He, well, they did, I thought they really did carry on too much about that. Your guy did it. Tony did it. I mean, it's one thing that they shouldn't have called. They should have called. He still did it. Yeah, see, that's what
3: gets me. If he if if he didn't line up off sides, I get your complaining.
5: But he did. It was so obvious. Well that's the issue. It's like that the one that we talked about before, Brady and uh Kenil Harry, that was clearly a touchdown. It was their mistake. This was not their mistake. Tony was off sides. Yeah, but that was Tom Brady.
3: Yeah, he's an like, example. He's, he's the best.
5: The Mahomes issued apology, Joe.
6: And obviously, and obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so. I'll uh, Probably regret acting like that, um, but more than anything, I mean, I, just re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had no- nothing to do with it, and um, so I, I was uh, I-, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, and, uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that that I was more upset about that than I was on- about me on the sideline.
3: Now he he mentioned Josh Joe. What did he say to Josh Allen?
6: offensive in that
5: tournament They apologize. Get off his back. I I would never see Tom Brady crying on the opposing quarterback's shoulders. <laughs> you know why? Because <laughs> the opposing quarterback said, get away from me. I ain't hear nothing from you. <laughs> That's so Tom not true. Brady.
3: <laughs> you find yourself rooting for Joe Flacco, folks. We're going to talk about that at 9-15. But on the other side, the NBA in-season tournament is a success. Or was it? Ed and I are perfect examples of people who could determine that or not. I'll tell you why I'm next on The Fan.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai,
6: there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,